Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Happy New Year. You're listening to Text Message again. And this is still the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. Thank you, patrons, including some recent additions or upgrades, uh, Aaron Everett, Paul Kingham, and but frankly, everyone who has been supporting me and the show directly. Uh, thank you very much. But you, you can join them or get access to our full-length show, our live show, uh, our Patreon exclusive extra message, which is our weekly sister show, by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Now, Ian is not here this week because he's having the mice removed from the rented caravan that he regrettably calls home. So joining me to kick off the new year is a man with whom I share not only genetics and a professional industry, but also a genuine love of Ian and a melancholy brought by his absence. It's CNET's Andy Hoyle. Hello there. Lovely Hello. to be here, I will say. It's nice, isn't it? But what do you mean on the show again or that the show is back and you're somehow involved? Uh, I would say probably both those things. They are intrinsically linked. Um, the, the fact that the show is back is the thing that's allowing me to be on it. Yep. So I don't feel like I could be happy about one without being happy about t'other. Excellent. Well, we are going to dive into a range of topics and what I'm sure will be some award-worthy uh, brotherly insults. Uh, but let's begin, shall we, with the top stories. WhatsApp is giving its 2 billion plus users an ultimatum. Agree to share their personal data with the social network or delete their account. According to the Ars Technica write-up of this story, which, to be fair, has been widely covered pretty much everywhere this week, the requirement is being delivered through an in-app alert directing users to agree to these sweeping new changes in the WhatsApp terms of service. Those who don't accept the revamped privacy policy by February the 8th will no longer be able to use WhatsApp. You may have seen this or uh, this pop up already. Now, this is a change from something that came actually about four or five years ago. It was back in 2016. WhatsApp gave everyone a one-time ability to opt out of this. Um, and, 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 and that is what's being axed here. It's now mandatory. And just as a bit of an overview of the kind of data that WhatsApp collects about you, according to its uh, its listing on the App Store, on Apple's App Store, uh, you've got your user phone numbers, other people's phone numbers that are in your address books, profile names, pictures, your status, when you're last online, diagnostic data from the app logs. Um, and under the new terms, Facebook will now reserve the right to share the collected data with its family of companies. Not all privacy agreements are forged with equal strength, however. Europe's privacy laws are much stricter than they are in many other parts of the world. And as such, a slightly tweaked update applies to people who live in countries uh, uh, in Europe. And this includes the UK, despite, um, despite Brexit. I've read through 
both versions of these had them side by side on my screen at one point and scrolled through them to really spot exactly where the differences were and there is one particular difference that stood out to me uh com- comparing to the US agreement or rather the rest of world agreement to the European agreement uh which is that WhatsApp explicitly says in the US version uh, it wants to be able to integrate with other Facebook company products for example it says and this is a quote allowing you to connect your Facebook pay account to pay for things on WhatsApp or enabling you to chat with your friends on WhatsApp on other Facebook company products such as Portal by connecting your WhatsApp account. Now that text doesn't appear anywhere in the version applicable to the UK and to uh, and to Europe. It should be noted of course that messages and indeed pretty much everything else in WhatsApp is protected by end-to-end encryption. That's not changing as, as part of this. There's no talk of Facebook seeing your messages to figure out what ads to show you based on them uh, or like uh, Google, say, does with uh, with the ads you know, down the side on, on Gmail or something. But that's not really the point behind most people's concerns, my own included, and we will, uh, we will come to that. Um, before I move on with a few intricacies on this, Andy, uh, I want to make a statement and ask a question. Uh, the mm-hmm. statement is, I have fully deleted WhatsApp. I am no yeah. longer on WhatsApp, as you know. Um, yeah. But what is your view on both the privacy change and the fact that I'm not the only one here who is deleting their WhatsApp accounts? Um, so... I'm 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 split. Like my my knee jerk reaction is to be, you know, as, as always, kind of outraged about uh, change, sweeping changes like this that that suddenly we've got to adhere to. But then when I think, well, I I honestly don't necessarily know how this is going to matter. I am a Facebook user. I am an Instagram user. I already use and have given uh, data to to Facebook on it on its various platforms, and uh, and uh, you know WhatsApp is. Uh, another service in which i'm kind of happy to have my my data the fact that the chats are are encrypted is is the thing that uh i i find reassuring um it, you know if that if that was the thing that was changing oh now we're going to be able to access your chat data and and as you say maybe do th- more things with advertising and 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 whatnot then that is going to be um a that would be a very different situation for me i know that these things are a necessary well, not necessarily a necessary evil, but they are an evil in using these things. Like you also don't like using any Google products, whereas I am happy to share a lot of my information with Google because of the benefits of using Google Maps, using the different services. So I find, yes, it, it is not ideal, but it is, like, I'm, I'm trying to work out how happy I am to just keep on going, keep on using it because it is a service that I, I find so uh, core to everything that I do. So my question was to you: How should I feel about this? Like, tell me why I'm. Tell me why I should be deleting this. Well, if there you are, can. There are a couple of reasons, and and I don't want to say that I think everyone should delete WhatsApp because I don't honestly think it's my place to make a blanket recommendation. But I could give. But I can answer your question, knowing you personally, uh, both as a as a as a person, a consumer, and as a journalist. Um, and I think the important thing is to just bear in mind the difference between metadata and message um, message content. So, um, for example. Let's say, um, uh, let's say that you, if let's say in fact that you, if you have a message, just any text, but no data about who sent it, 
who received it, when it was sent, the content of it, whatever it is, all you've got in front of you is a, you know, let's say you printed it out, piece of paper with uh, a message on it that may be sensitive in some form, but no other data at all. That isn't really very valuable to anybody because like who, what, so what, is it real? Who's it from? Who's it to? It doesn't matter. On the other hand, if you, um, if you found a, if you found no message, but you knew that somebody knew the identifier of your device, where you were when you sent something to someone, the time you sent it to them, the number of times you replied, <clears throat> maybe whether you had a video call with that person, uh, the knowledge that you sent it to, to a specific business, uh, or even a person who's later caught up in some criminal, may maybe. All of that knowledge paints a traceable picture of you and your habits and the potential, uh, and potentially the people in your contacts since you're agreeing to give access to those um, as well. So in that sense, it may well be that the content of what you're sharing with that hypothetical person doesn't matter as much as the fact that it's it's easy to understand that you did communicate and in what manner you communicated with them with. Now, obviously, for the people that say, well, I have nothing to hide, you know, it's not a viewpoint I, I agree with uh, because I think it's a slippery slope. But at the end of the day, that access to data is the payment for having a service. And if you value that service, as you say you do, then that's just something to think about and if you're happy with that exchange then then you should carry on using it if that is how you feel i don't think there's a reason not to that's my answer to you as a individual as a consumer on the other hand as a journalist this is where some of my uh, skepticism comes from as a journalist it's incredibly important for me to know that i am taking the steps necessary to protect sources so i have conversations with with sources you know we we refer to them as pe people familiar with the matter you know sometimes they're whistleblowers um things like that and those are the kind of people where you do not like i don't even have their real names saved in my phone you know they have different names or they're not saved at all and i just recognize the number um i don't want to increase the risk to those sources um, of them being in any way exposed by virtue of me agreeing to something on their behalf. Sure, that's a very niche uh, case, though. And like, even though, yes, I'm I'm a journalist, I do I do very different sort of journalism where that for me is, in all honesty, not a concern. Um, and and I and I think I, if anything, I am much more akin to just the general user. I use WhatsApp to talk with family and friends. You are the only person who I don't talk to on WhatsApp, and it drives me crazy because I have to go into a different service, and it doesn't work on my desktop in the same way. So um, I, for me, like I, I don't really have much of a that much of a problem. Well, one of the using it. One of the other things that's worth noting then is is the difference between you in that you use Facebook, you use WhatsApp, you use Instagram, and so not being on WhatsApp when you're on both of those other platforms anyway doesn't probably give you the same level of removal from uh, either perceived risk or actual risk or, or anything else. Just you know, if, just morally, if you don't want to give that data over than somebody who isn't on those services you know i you don't use instagram i well i do but i use instagram exclusively through a web browser um and that is that is very different and also on facebook well i don't use facebook i you know my i deleted my account a long time ago um so it's not capturing any of my 
analytical and user-based habits to anywhere near the same degree it could with the app and certainly uh, orders of magnitude less than if I was also using Messenger and and Facebook. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why it makes more sense to consider this if you if you said well I don't want to be on Facebook I don't trust it. Um, on the other hand I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like um, like a conspiracy theory uh, nut job or anything here because there is a huge value. I see a you know an enormous value in WhatsApp, in Facebook, in uh, in Instagram. Um, I don't think that the company is inherently evil. Um, it's more a case of there are other options available that are either equally good or better, and it's a choice that you make as to which service you want to give either your money or your data to, because it's basically one of the two as far as paying for something goes. And I'd prefer not to give it to someone that needs the data. I'd rather give it to somebody uh, who just needs to keep me in an ecosystem, uh, which is evil in its own other way, but it's an evil that I choose. And that's... I mean, either way, you are, you know, in using any of these services, in using smart devices, in having accounts, you are giving your data to somebody. The only way to protect your data from everything is to not have any kind of online presence. I agree, but, but that, but, but, but it's about... It's uh, I, in the past I've likened it to to why for the longest time I still bought CDs. Um, the sound quality not being as good as vinyl on a really good sound system, but at the same time it's it's significantly more convenient than vinyl. Um, uh, but even though it's less convenient than vinyl, it still sounds better than just using a streaming service. Uh, and so for me that was always a, a balance of convenience to quality that I tried to. St- stick to these days i don't buy cds and i'm you know i just i gave in basically and i just use apple music or or whatever um but um but for me the combination of um not keeping the the the, my exposure to ad supported heavily invested in tracking services types of companies uh keeping that to as minimum as possible gives me confidence that um, I'm at least putting my money where my mouth is when it comes to these sorts of issues. So what would you say to the average person on the street? Someone just randomly asks you or someone like our mum yeah, who wants to, you know, someone who is not tech, they're not a journalist, they, uh, you know, they use it casually for talking with friends, keeping in touch with family. Like if they were to ask you like not you sort of trying to play devil's advocate or trying to be generally balanced what would you suggest um well i well we can use a real example because i moved us over to imessage for our family group and, and yes and i find that annoying but yeah. you yeah but you did that because that's what you believe and in the nicest possible way you forced that on the rest of us that's so right. i'm not talking about us and our family generally what is it what would you someone else comes to you what would you I think pe- I think people should use Signal, and I think that they should try and get other people to use Signal, and over time reduce the reliance on WhatsApp to the point that they feel comfortable deleting it. Until I don't. I, I, I mean, and then but then who, with Signal, who you're giving your data to, and who owns that, and then Signal, when they get bought, then they get bought by someone else, and then and then what happens? We don't have time to go into the setup of Signal as a company on this episode. It is something that I'm sure people can Google. Okay. But Signal is a non-profit foundation. 
it collects basically nothing. It uses an encryption protocol that is actually used by WhatsApp. And the um, bear in mind, one of the founders, it was it not Jan Coombe, it was Brian Acton. He he left Facebook early after WhatsApp bought Facebook. He sacrificed like eight hundred million dollars of stock uh, as a bit of a protest over uh, his worries over compromising security uh, in WhatsApp under uh, under uh, Facebook's ownership. And he has given a lot of money. And I, I don't know if he's on the board of Signal, but he's extremely closely involved with Signal. And Signal is the app that is uh, favored by whistleblowers. Um, there was a car company, Continental. Um, they they told they banned their all their employees. They've got like two hundred thousand employees from using WhatsApp. Elon Musk recently said uh, people should switch to Signal from WhatsApp. The European Commission told its staff to switch to Signal. I think the Conservative Party here in the UK also said that following some leaks. Um, like it's it's pretty widely regarded as um, like the holy grail of encryption and privacy. But it's a not for profit, um, and and that's and that's. So it keeps going and it gets its security updates funded by 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 contributors and it's open source so all the encryption uh, and the um the methodology of, of of how it uses user data is open for review so anyone can open for hacking that's a well i mean yes technically but that's sort of i mean i mean i'm, I'm not be. i'm not trying to be difficult i'm but i'm gen, you know to, to me having all that being open just means it's it's sort of laying out you know making it easier i don't know i i don't know enough about this is my point so i am literally i'm trying to pick holes in what you're saying in order to kind of keep the discussion going um i i for me i don't know um i don't know enough ab ab about it but i am happy to try it um uh but for me the average I, I would consider you know an average user of these things i'm not overly worried about whatsapp but i am over open to hearing why i should why i'm wrong uh why i should be more concerned and what i should be using um, i mean it's it's a difficult it's a it's a really difficult one because you know what is th there's a reason why these apps are popular you know whatsapp as an app is a very 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 good app it has done very very good things um i'm not trying to knock it and say it's a it's a terrible product and it should never exist and it should be shut down i don't at all um i understand the value there and so you're not going to get a critical mass of people to care about this for the same reason you can still in this day and age not get people to, to stop using one two three four five six as a password it is and has mm. been for the longest time the most popular password in the world despite every single company's efforts to try and stop you using a password of yeah. that nature yeah I, I i just can't escape from the argument that everything is is a is a gray area in terms of you know who's getting your data who's doing what with it you you know you have moved away from using facebook and you decided instead you're going all in on giving your data to apple um you know that that's not keeping your data safe that's just giving it to a different company uh, and yes with with good reasons to you know their policies on x y and z but it doesn't necessarily mean that your data is any more protected and that that and that things won't change and you'll have to then kind of try and take control of your data again down the line i i would contest that the data 
th- that personal data is not safer with Apple than it is with Facebook. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm saying that it isn't that isn't isn't necessarily always going to be the case. This is what I mean. This was what this was my comparison with the CD vinyl streaming argument. Yeah. Is that you've got if you have if you want to exist in these worlds, then you have to make a choice and it can either be an uninformed choice or an informed choice i've made an informed conscious decision that yes 100 percent, you are right it would be wonderful if we didn't have to give our data to massive companies in order to function in the modern world but we do and so my decision is well if if i who is which is the lesser of the evils rather than who is the best that's, that's the way my I point look at it's it. always a gray area it's always about choosing the lesser of the evils so like i would ask you can you ever be truly safe online no no of course you can't <laughs> moving on then but you can't be truly safe anywhere of anything you can be killed from the inside by illness or struck down by lightning literally in some people's case um you can be run over by a bus um or you can be an asshole and someone will take you out. Like you can never be safe, but you can be but you can reduce risk to the point that its impact on how you live is negligible. Mm. And I think that that's that's why it's important for people to to know what choices are out there and make a decision. And if that decision is, well, you know what? I get great value from Facebook. It connects me with all the people I love. It connects me around time zones. It gives me this. It gives me that. I use Portal. Like For all the same reasons that people rightly see great value in Google and you know amazing free email, free word processing stuff, search engines, YouTube, like all of this stuff, you're paying for it in a different way. As long as you know it and you're making that choice, then that's great. I know it and I'm making a choice for something else. And I think based on this uh, situation, I I think at least my hope is that more people will um, become aware of some of these reasons that people have and make a decision based on that. Um, And if that's staying with WhatsApp, then fair enough. It's a good app. Well, this week, Andy, I noticed, because you sent it to me primarily, uh, that you had written quite a personal story on CNET about your weight gain and your decision to tackle this. Um, I had a couple of thoughts about this. I mean, I have to give you some kudos here on being very public about your your weight and your bmi it takes guts and i mean that both literally and as a pun um but you've been very very open about it in this uh in this story um but why don't you give us the kind of the summary of of what the problem was that you saw and what you're doing about it well the summary is the basically is that i've been steadily putting on weight over frank well frankly probably really over the last five or six years um uh, you know and i've tried a variety of things over the years to, to try and get back into shape and um and stuff but that has absolutely been like accelerated massively throughout lockdown because of obviously you know things like the gyms are closed and not being able to to get out and exercise in the same way and then uh huge amounts of of comfort eating comfort drinking to an extent snacking chocolates all all those sorts of things because you know it's been difficult times and uh both myself and my partner we we are we we would call ourselves foodies and we like good food and we like getting nice things and it has been um 
yeah, you know, it's it's been a it's been a tough year for for everyone, and and part of that is basically we've been wanting to to nest and stay comfortable and happy at home. We've ordered more things from from local restaurants, which we argued, oh no, that's that's socially responsible because these small businesses are struggling. So, you know, we can't go and eat in their restaurant, so we can support them by ordering in. Which, while true, has also exacerbated this this situation of of us um being less active and putting on more weight and i think that is something which the vast majority of people have been struggling with over the past uh year we've seen huge spikes in 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 various sorts of exercise services and youtube channel that uh, channels that offer offer workouts and it's something that i i wanted to uh look into um and certainly with the launch of apple fitness plus which which officially launched right at the end of last year and um and i thought it's a really good opportunity to look at how encouraging i think some of these services are to people who are coming at it from basically a beginner's standpoint what i found with with some services in the past is that they are the language used is is very much geared towards people who are already in the fitness world it's already it's 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 very much focused on beating your personal best it's about getting doing you know pushing more for those burns and the pictures are all of you know impossibly muscly men with perfectly white smiles and it's honestly not very um uh, it's not very encouraging. It's not very welcoming of people who are um, not already in that that fitness world. So my my plan is, and I, I hasten to add, I am in week one. Um, I began in. Uh, I literally began my new regime last Monday, um, and I'm going to be hopefully finding out a lot about kind of what these services are really like to approach um, uh, from a. a, a a guy that really needs to make a change rather than simply wants to. Yeah, I saw that you used that line in your story, actually, and I thought that was a really good summary. Um, and But I did notice as well that you got um, what looks like a pretty high-tech exercise bike as well. So is your idea uh, for this not just specifically can Apple Fitness Plus make me fit, but can virtual and real-world tech be the gateway that you've struggled to walk through before yeah, now. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly that. Like it, it's Apple Fitness is is uh, certainly sort of like the headline, as it were. Um, as as you'll know, anything uh, anything that's a new Apple service will always make it a, a more exciting read for for people. Um, but it's it's basically I want to look at how I can blend Apple Fitness with other services. So the two main things that I'm, I've been using has been Apple Fitness and also Zwift, which is a uh, a cycling uh, app that you, you connect to a, a trainer and um, you uh, you basically are in a virtual 3D world. You see your, your, your character on their bike and as you cycle, your character cycles. And as you start going uphill, uh, it sends commands to my bike and it gets more difficult. So I'm actually feels like I'm cycling uphill. It's been really, really nice. It honestly feels like I'm out cycling uh, in the real world, um, but you get all the telemetry, all the metrics that you need. Um, I even cycled with one of my friends yesterday for about an hour um, together because you can sort of add friends and, and and do do group cycles, which has been great. And That's then interesting. Apple... So that person, I mean, I'm not going to ask you who it was, but does that person see and hear you? Or yeah, 
they they see well they know they see we 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 called on the on the phone um uh but they you know they see my character in the app so we are actually uh riding together um um and that uh, sounds if i just i was was just about to say that sounds like a lot of fun and literally as i opened my mouth i saw charlotte in the live chat says that sounds like fun yeah it does. It, it gamifies it to to a large extent, and and then Apple Fitness um, actually has also been quite fun to experiment with. I mean, I'm not going to go into detail about kind of how I'm finding it as a service. Like, I'm, as I say, I'm I'm basically six days in, and uh, it's far too soon for me to to give any kind of um, uh, conclusion. But it's been fun to try it so far. It has actually been quite welcoming i've done some of the dance classes even and it's very silly and very like i'm sort of laughing at myself a bit but my heart rate was up at like 175 bpm like i was working wow. out i'm sweating I, I i've 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 been doing every day this week really good workouts after which after every one i've been basically knackered um which is what i need to be doing i've got best part of four stone to lose wow. um you know that's a lot um, yeah, so I mean, I, I wasn't going to say. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not one uh, to support fat shaming. Uh, but on the other hand, it is quite shameful <laughs> how much you have ballooned this year. It, it is. No, it, it, it is. Well, I don't, I don't know about shameful. I, I mean, I, uh, the word, no, I, know. I, I know. I know what you mean. You know, like there's, there's obviously a lot of negativity around it, and, I, and I'm and what I'm really trying to do is come to this from a position of positivity rather than from from uh, being like, oh, shit, I'm so huge. Because um, fit, like fit, I will, you know without sounding like a dick or anything but i would say that i i was taken aback at well basically according to my bmi i am right on the knife edge of being obese and mm. i don't i do not look obese i think i just look, no you don't i look like i i need to look I, yeah but like the point is is that those numbers are what they are and that means like i'm medically more at risk of other problems we, we in our family there is a history of like heart conditions and stuff and it's important for me to be paying a lot more attention to it which is kind of my point about needing to make these changes rather than just wanting to it's no longer about wanting to uh just look better in t-shirts which is kind of what my exercise goals were a couple of years ago is just wanting to look a bit better now it's like i need to make a change to be healthier in my in myself but obviously the gyms are closed going outside is is difficult because there are other people and we have covid and i'm trying to eliminate um as much risk of exposure as possible so uh also i I can't really run uh, on on concrete i have bad knees basically that that don't allow it so um it's sort of limiting me to thinking okay well what can i do which is which is not only going to give me the exercise that i actually need but it's also going to be sustainable for me to keep going that is going to be enjoyable enough that i look forward to my uh, or or maybe not even look forward to but hate less the idea of exercising at 5 30 and so far as i say six days in i have genuinely been enjoying it my partner is doing this as well we've been enjoying uh doing these classes together um and i am positive about it and i think it's interesting uh, the amount of uh it's another one of those things where with the problems that we've all had this year technology has really been giving a helping hand in in many ways there are more of these services the the users of them have really been spiked and certainly things like zwift that's got that social element that's allowing people to be uh cycling together in groups they they are zwift is holding 
uh, they hold competitions like international cycling competitions on there um, and are trying to even sort of do more of a push into esports and things because hmm. cycling competitions aren't a thing so it's not just about um you know wanting to to lose weight but these people who aren't able to um uh, to be doing this um outside are finding that it's a good um, is a good option as well and it's not that expensive i think zwift i'm paying 15 pounds a month or 13 or something i think apple fitness is 10 pounds a month even paying for both of them that's still a hell of a lot less than any gym membership is in the uk i think my yeah. last gym membership was i mean it was subsidized by my company but it would have cost about 100 pounds a month i think something like that yeah so it's yeah i'm talking 25 quid a month for both of these services yeah i mean i think it is it's it's admirable and um i you know you've got a getting a lot of praise in the discord chat room like right now um for for this and i i think it's uh i, I think it's amazing you know I, I i joke about it before only because you are my brother and you know <laughs> i'm joking um but at the same time i think any if you find something that works for you um and by you i mean people in general then uh, that's that's fantastic i think the thing that has been surprising is how many different things there are to make work and apple fitness does have a lot of different things it's got strength classes it's got fun cardio classes it's got dance classes it's got yoga there's lots of different things and that's not just about weight loss but it could also be about sort of general being more mindful um you know just overall keeping more active in your living room which is you know where i am basically rather than um having to go outside and and risk exposure and also i'm in scotland everything's been frozen solid for the last fortnight so um you know it's it's been quite dangerous even even just walking on the roads because there's solid ice so um, and you mentioned can i just ask you mentioned you mentioned dance i didn't realize initially that that dance was a part of the fitness plus thing and i, I was more surprised that that you did that because i've seen you dance and it looks like a sort of a combination between like a strange experimental performance art and being on fire yeah so what sort of dance are you actually doing well this is the fun this was the fun thing the dance class uh, is i I, I think I did the first one I did was a twenty minute one, and uh, it was only about halfway through when I, re, I I had to remember that I'm not in this. The point is not to try and dance; it's not to be a good dancer. The point is to get moving, and oh. so what it is is a really fun way. So like they're doing, you know, they're doing all these different moves, and and really basically it's 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 sort of um, more akin to like a uh, like. And like an aerobics class, the sort of thing you'd see in an aerobics video from the nineties. Um, Angela Lansbury, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, and uh, so you're doing these things, and you know you're throwing shapes up, and your arms, you know, you're flailing them around like you're at like a one of those sort of Baptist churches that you see in in America, yeah. where they're praise Jesus, and their hands are all over the place. You're sort of doing a bit of that, and it's it's silly. And as I say, both me and my partner were doing this. We were laughing at each other about it. It was it was actually a really fun thing for us to do. But fundamentally, I was also dripping with sweat. My heart rate oh. was sky high. It was so it was it was it was a really really solid workout. Oh, I have a horrible feeling. A good... gonna, I have a horrible feeling. Kate's going to make me do this. You should you know, do. It's great. She it's loves, fun. She we loves had dancing. a really fun time doing this together, and it was a really, really good workout. Um, so, like, it's one of those ones where I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find ways, and I think this is what where tech is helping me. Trying to find ways of exercising, which 
actually you can enjoy because I like going out for a bike ride but at the moment with the weather and with COVID like I'm just trying not to go out as much and Zwift has been a really good replacement for that you're cycling through real world when I got the bike and the bike I've got is a um, I think it's called the Watt Bike Atom uh, and it's really good what bike and well, the Watt Bike yes um, sorry Watt bike? bike shut up Nate okay. um, and uh, when I first used it I just uh, had like the regular telemetry on my on my phone and i just found that with every i'm just counting the seconds down until uh until i had done like 20 minutes or half an hour and i found it really difficult to get to those points because it wasn't really very encouraging by itself to keep me going and then i got zwift and suddenly i'm cycling through this virtual world for other riders who are like giving me like these virtual high fives of like yeah keep keep going right on um and and it it gamifies it and i level up and then i can get different like cycling outfits different bikes all this stuff it it suddenly changes it to be a really fun thing that i actively look forward to sitting there and and cycling for a bit and it and that has been completely revolutionary for me well that's amazing and i mean i can even though i haven't done any of those things that you're talking about specifically i can relate to that if you can find a way of blending an existing hobby into exercise it's amazing how much more fun it feels like for me with my drumming every day you know playing death metal on the drums for an hour i mean man that exhausts you my apple watch thinks i'm doing an intense workout when i'm yeah you are doing an intense workout when I'm doing that. Um, and similarly, I, I mentioned in the extra message on the show uh, a few days ago that I bought the uh, cowboy uh, electric bike, like the pedal assisted bike. Um, that for me, like being basically getting to ride a gadget um, and use it as a as a way of losing weight, but it's also fun because you know it's tech, so it's a uh, it's a boy bath. Um, it means you. Um, you can you get a lot of fun out of it uh, by getting to bring a bit of the nerd into your into your workout. So that's great. You're used to hearing the smooth velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Well, for the last few years, and maybe for the next few years, who knows, text message has strived to inform you as well as we can about what's relevant to us here in Britain and the tech landscape. But let's check in with, you know who's coming, it's Mr. Tom Merritt of Daily Tech News Show and hear what's been happening in his wide world of tech this week. It's 2021, so this year on Daily Tech News Show, we chatted with CNET Roadshow's Tim Stevens about what to expect from electric vehicles this year, found out why a U.S. regulator's decision might be good for cryptocurrency for once, talked about why carriers might need to keep 3G around a little longer, and of course kept our eyes on all that big stream of product announcements that's happening in advance of CES, from Sony's big modular TV for movie shoots to Lenovo's all-in-one desktop with a rotating screen that also acts like a dock for your laptop. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. CES, Andy. Yeah, not, CES. Wait, it's not happening. Not really. 
Well, I mean, it is. We're yeah we're covering it we're, we're we're doing things but you know we're covering it from home which means we get to wear we get to do the the great thing in in attending ces in our pajamas i mean i'm pretty sure i've done at least one ces wearing something i slept in the previous evening in fact yeah, i sure. know i did in fact i have photo evidence of it <laughs> um but if you want to keep up to date with all that stuff over the week do check out uh, daily tech news show because tom and the gang over there do a fantastic job of keeping us in the loop um that's it andy why don't you why don't you plug something what would you like to plug i'm gonna plug my my youtube channel again because yes. um man that thing has slowed to a crawl uh so if you are interested in photography uh whether that is photography on cameras for at a professional level or whether you're just trying to get some nicer shots from your iphone to send to your family and friends uh do go and check out my channel, Andrew Langson Photography. You'll know how to spell Langson. It's the same way that Nate spells Langson. There's That's the one I am. That's the one you are. Um, yeah, Andrew Langson Photography. You'll be able to find links to that on my Instagram, which is at BatteryHQ, or on Twitter, which is also at BatteryHQ. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to be doing a lot more with that channel. There's, there's editing guides, there's shooting guides, um, and it's hopefully um, accessible to people of all um, levels, as well as some like creative um, things that you can try at home. Um, yeah, and which... I have to say there was a video you did a, a, just a few weeks ago that uh, I I thought was particularly uh, poignant and and brave of you which was about dealing with that lack of motivation during lockdowns you know as it relates to mm. hobbies and obviously it related to you as a photographer and you know not necessarily always having the energy or the drive to get out and and do photography but it's really applicable to anyone who's got a hobby and that video is is well worth well worth watching i think it's um it's 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 really good and i'll include a link to all this of course in the in the show notes and in the mp3 and all the usual places but that one in particular is a maybe might be a good way in for people regardless of whether you like photography uh or or not uh, if you don't like andy that it's more of a problem but um yeah I'm, i am in all the videos um is the thing so if you decided by this point that you cannot abide uh the words that uh erupt from my face then um, it's probably not the channel for you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andy, for being here. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us. Thank you, everyone, for listening and contributing in whatever way you do, even if it is just telling a friend or telling a colleague. At this time of year, it's a widely uh, acknowledged uh, period to uh, tell everyone about text message. Um, so if you wouldn't mind doing that, we would absolutely love you forever. The more people, the better. Thank you, and we'll see you with Ian next week. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.